0: Welcome to the Uphill Athlete Podcast. These programs are just one of several free services we provide to disseminate information about training for mountain sports. If you like what you hear and want more, please check out our website, UphillAthlete.com, where you'll find many articles and our extensive video library on all aspects of training for and accomplishing a variety of mountain goals. You'll also find our forum where you can ask questions of our experts and the community at large. Our email is coach at UphillAthlete.com, and we'd love to hear from you. Welcome, everyone, to the next uh, episode of the Uphill Athlete podcast. Um, I'm Scott Johnston, your host, and I'm the co-founder of Uphill Athlete with Steve House. And today we're going to be speaking with one of our main coaches, Carolyn Parker, as well as Tammy and Sean Goodrich, And we're going to be talking about a significant life-changing event that um, I think especially Tammy and Sean have gone through in the past year um, regarding an accident, a climbing accident that Sean had that was nearly fatal and how they coped with it, how um, how he's recovered, Tammy's role in support and in supporting Sean, and then Carolyn's interaction with them um, part of the reason I wanted to bring these uh, three people together and have this conversation with them is that I think it's it's a very heroic struggle that the three of them have uh, combined forces to get to get to get Sean and Tammy through this, and we all know, even if we don't want to talk about it, that climbing is dangerous. And this can happen to anybody. I mean, anybody who's been around this thing, as long as someone like Carolyn or myself has, have lost a number of friends and certainly seen uh, quite a few others injured and learning how to cope and deal with that, or or at least hearing other people's stories of how they have had to cope and come to grips with it and how they've moved on, I think can be really valuable to the community as a whole. So I'm, I'm really happy and pleased that they were willing to, to, to come here and, maybe expose some of their soft underbelly a little bit. I think that's a, it can be a hard thing to do, but um, thank you again, Tammy and Sean and Carolyn for taking the time out of your afternoon to do this. Um, so let me start with this uh, by talking with Sean or asking, Sean, I want to know from you something like about your climbing background before we get into the actual accident and you know maybe how you, Uh, how you got into climbing, what drives you or drove you. I'm sure you're still driven in the same way. And um, then again, how you came in contact with Uphill Athlete and what's, because, you know, Caroline, I know has played a very instrumental part in this, in this past year working with you guys. So Sean, why don't you start us off with some of those background details?
1: Sure. Um, Well, um, I got into climbing through my wife, believe it or not. It was, uh, I don't even remember how long ago it was. Tammy, can you, do you
2: remember how how long ago it was? Um, About 24 years ago.
1: 24 years ago? So 24 years ago, uh, Tammy and I went up, either it was our first, maybe it was even our first date. Uh, we were living in Indi- in Bloomington, Indiana. I was a student there and Tammy was teaching. Um, I was an old student. I didn't take the traditional college route through, uh, through school. Um, and we went on our first date to the local climbing gym and I loved it. I, it was just the, it's like moving meditation. It felt like, you know, you, everything drops away you know, you, you're just focused on moving to the next hold, And that's, you have no other thoughts. I just, I love that part of it. I love the adventure. And I just, from there, I just started to like research it and talking to people at the at the gym and just realizing that, wow, there's sport climbing and there's tread climbing and there's mountaineering and all of this. And it, I, I was almost at one point unhealthy, it was unhealthy how obsessed I was with climbing. And remember, we lived in Indiana. <laughs> I, I, I remember talking to Steve, and, and he, he called Indiana the hotbed of alpinism. I thought that was so funny. Um, uh, so, you know, it was like an unhealthy obsession with climbing. I, I still remember watching, this is pre-social uh, media. There wasn't a lot of climbing information on the internet. So I would watch these videotapes on on ice climbing and VHS tapes, for all you people who actually remember what a VHS tape is. Um, It was just, you know, I was just, I love climbing. I I first started with trad climbing, or I actually first started with sport climbing, but that didn't last very long. I went right into trad, you know, like leading up really easy trad routes. Um, And then eventually, Tammy and I got married, our honeymoon... We got married in California. It was a destination wedding, and we actually honeymooned in Yosemite. And that was my first time climbing outside was in Yosemite. That was the first time both of us climbed outside was in Yosemite. I mean, we had a guide, but still it was, you know, everything after that was just like a total uh, letdown, you know, <laughs> Yosemite. Um Beyond that, you know, I, I did take a break from climbing there for a while when my daughter was born. Um, going back, you know, when we lived in Indiana, we would, we would climb mostly in the Red River Gorge. That's where I did most of my climbing uh, was Red River because it was it was maybe like four hours away, so you can go for a long weekend and, and get in a lot of climbing. Um, but eventually, my daughter was born, and I kind of got away from it. And um, we eventually ended up in Maine and I quit my job where I was working for like eight years and started my own business. And I had time at that point, something I didn't have for a long time. And I'm, I'm like, I'm just going to get back into climbing. And, um, you know, by then I was, you know, I had done some ice climbing and some other things um, but now I lived in Maine, and New Hampshire is, you know, a couple hours away. Some of the best ice climbing in in the country. So I'm like, well, I, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get into it again. But I'm like, I'm in terrible shape. Um, you know, and I, I had some big goals. You know, um, you know, I wanted to climb in Alaska, do some big alpine routes, and like, well, how do I, I, I just didn't know how to, um, prepare myself for that. So I did some, you know, uh, some web searches. And that's when I found an uphill athlete. I'm like, this is perfect. This is exactly what I'm looking for. You know, it was a company that, um, you know, you can find a personal trainer, but this, this is a, it was a company that focused on mountain athletes. And that's exactly what I wanted to be. So, you know, from there, I um, filled out all the paperwork, and they assigned me a, a trainer, and it's, and it's Carolyn. Hey, I think you're lucky. I mean,
0: we we have a lot of great coaches, but Carolyn is a standout and I'm really excited that you ended up working with her, especially given the circumstances um, that has have occurred since since you signed up. How long were you working with Carolyn before the accident?
1: Uh, a year, maybe? Does that sound right, Carolyn? Three?
3: No way. Yeah. Oh, I haven't been coaching that with them that long. Yeah, I yeah. think it was... It was a year, uh, about maybe a year and a couple of months. We've been over two years now yeah. that we've been working together, so it should have been about a year and a few months, I think. Right. When we started.
0: Yeah. I, I think one of the things that I'm sure both of you, or all three of you, would agree on, and I certainly see it, is that when you work with somebody for you know, a year, you. Form, I mean, the coach-athlete relationship is a rather intimate one, and you become intimately involved in people's lives. You kind of need to, so you need to know when they're struggling with, or mm-hmm. uh, when they're, the days when they're tired. And um, and I think that by the time you've worked with someone for a year, that relationship is pretty solid. And I think had this accident happened, you know, in your first second week. I know Carolyn would have still gone to great lengths to be of assistance to you, mm-hmm. but I don't think that connection would have been there as strongly as it was. And I think that's one of the things that really provided, helped provide the support that you both needed, was that um, you know you were you were like a small family in a way. I mean, I having coached a lot of people for many years now, I I find that that coach athlete relationship is a really special one. Um, because of the amount of trust that has to go into it, and um, and openness, and I, I think that that's what what makes it work. If there, if you don't have, if you're, if that relationship is not at that level, then the coaching isn't going to work nearly as well. Uh, so, Sean, what, when was this accident, and where? Can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Um, well, the accident was last September on the eighth. First off, I like to say, you know, Callen, she was my coach, but she is like a friend, like a really good friend. Yeah.
0: Yeah. She's I wouldn't would, even
1: talk about the accident yet.
0: Well, we hear that a lot. And I, and I, I, I know <laughs> that's true. We hear that a lot about a lot of our coaches and, and it's, again, that goes back to that, the depth of this relationship, I think, how and how important it is.
3: And Scott, I if I can, in? Oh, I was, I was going to say, Tammy's probably going to say what I was going to say. Jump in there, Tammy. <laughs>
2: Well, I knew Carolyn. So Sean has never had a coach. And whenever he reached out and told me it was Scott and then Steve House, I'm like, what? Are you freaking joking me? That company? (laughs) I'm like, wow, you're jumping into the big leagues. So um, I thought it was great. I've I've had coaches throughout my um, business and athletics. Um, Though there is a time when Sean was laying in bed, skipping his workouts. And Carolyn was his coach. And, you know, I'm getting up and going swimming and, and I'm out the door at 5:30 in the morning. And all of a sudden I hear him cracking up laughing. And I go into the bed and I said, what's up? Like Carolyn told me, just texted and said, pull on your big boy britches and get <laughs> up and do it. And and I thought, wow, that is the perfect coach. So Carolyn really knows when to kick it in gear, you know, through humor, through, um, you know, conversation, motivation, you know, she really, and, and I get to talk to her like face to face right here, which is pretty cool. It's, it's incredible how she matches exactly where we need to be, you know, as my husband, Myself, her being my coach also, and then as a partnership between Sean and I um, in in doing workouts together, too. So I just I I was a little resistant and I just can't ever imagine it being different now.
0: That's nice to hear. and I know that. Carolyn, was that what you thought she was going to say?
2: Pretty much. And
3: sort of tying together how how Tammy knit into this was, after one of those interactions, or a couple of them, and she's observing how Sean's doing and the pull your big boy pants up stuff, she wanted to work with me too. But like Tammy's connection wasn't directly like alpinism or climbing. She's like, Well, if Sean likes working with you so much, I think I'd like to. And so we became a family. It was awesome. It was awesome. So that was that, that connection, which is why we're all sitting here today having this conversation.
0: Gabby, so, yeah. your sports, besides climbing, has been triathlon primarily, right?
2: It has been, yes, the last uh, few years.
0: And you've had some triathlon coaches, or at least one, it sounds
2: like. I've had two, uh-huh. yes. Yeah.
0: And are you I- still doing triathlons?
2: Um, that is the goal to get back into it. I uh-huh. recently had a hip surgery right after Sean's accident.
0: And we're so going to hear that about is. that more <laughs> later. I know I want <laughs> to focus
2: on Sean today. <laughs>
0: well, no, I think I want to hear about that because I think that's a really, I mean, that's that's what part of what makes us such a powerful story and. Um, but I don't want to give away the, you know, the ending until we hear the Sean lay out some of the other details and then you can come in and knock us dead with your story because I think it's really incredible. Um, So Sean, back to the accident. So it was on September 8th and where were you climbing?
1: Uh, We were climbing on Cathedral ledge in New Hampshire. Um, I I had had some uh, tendonitis in my elbow. So I had taken a break from climbing, just trying to, you know, rest it and recover. Um, overall though, I was probably in the best shape of my life. There's, I mean, there's no doubt. I had just gotten back from, um, you know, doing Rainier and Baker and they didn't really feel that hard. I mean, I, I mean, I, I was just, I felt like I was in great shape. Um, I think I went for like a 13 mile run the day before I, my accident. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I, so anyway, we we're climbing on a cathedral ledge. We we're doing a – so since I haven't climbed in a while, we were doing this a real a pretty easy route. It was it's fun house to upper, and then uh, the last bit is upper refuse. So funhouse is like a five-seven, and upper refuse is a five five. So pretty, pretty easy stuff. I mean, funhouse, we just cruised right up, no problems. Um, so and then you get to this big ledge, and then the guide book said. Upper Refuge is a right-leaning crack, so we get to the top, and there's this right-leaning crack, and it looked really easy. It had this like really easy ramp, so I'm like, oh, that's that totally looks five five. Um, so I'm like, all right, let's do it. So my climbing partner, he doesn't really lead trad, so I was leading, but I figured it's a five five. I mean, we just came up a five How hard a five is going to be? Um, so I start climbing. And it started getting hard, and I do remember it, it the, the, the ramp kind of disappeared it started to become a, more vertical and it was more of like an undercling and you're you know you're you're smearing and the, the feet were starting to disappear mm. and it's and it I can see why it's the, the reality is it we were on retaliation we were on the wrong route ah. and there was a point where I was up there and I'm like this doesn't... I, I remember saying to my partner, I'm like, this doesn't feel like a 5'5". Because it I wasn't. Think, <laughs> it wasn't. It was a 5'9". mm mm-hmm. And um, I... Yeah, I mean, it, it's notorious. Apparently, this has happened more than once. I'm not the first person to have this... Make this mistake. Um, so anyway, I keep climbing, and I'm not putting in much gear because... Honestly, that part's really tricky, and I don't know. I, I look back on it, and I, I, I ask myself, why was I not putting in, why didn't I not put in more gear? And I don't know the answer to that. You know, I just, I wasn't thinking. I, 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 I really don't have an answer. It's, I, I, I think about it, not all the time, but every time I think about the accident, I'm like, I, I, if I just would have put in one cam. That's all it took, right? Yeah. And I had times where I could have put one in. Um, but anyway, I keep climbing, and I get to a point where I, I remember saying, falling. And even at that moment, I wasn't scared. I didn't realize what I had done to myself. And I fell, and I didn't hit the ledge where we started. I hit... A, a, an upper ledge. Um, it was, you know, it, I think it was just like a perfect storm. It was me being careless, and it was the fact that it was a right leaning crack, and it basically—I I don't think I would have dacked where I where we started, but the fact that it was right—it was right leaning, and then there was another ledge. I just wasn't aware. You know, I wasn't aware that 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 ledge was there. I wasn't paying attention. Um, and yeah, so I I decked and or I hit the ledge and um, I could, I, I knew I could still move my feet. I was I was definitely not well. Obviously, I wasn't walking out of there. I, but at that point, it was just, everything was in my partner's hands. Um, luckily, there was actually people on that ledge and they came over right away and at that point i don't really remember a whole lot you know the litter showed up um it apparently it took them 4 hours to get me off the mountain off the cliff you know it was a it was a, a you know they had to lower me to a, a, another um ledge i i do kind of remember that like i was literally like in the litter and they were just lowering me down, you know? Um, And then they had to carry me out. So the whole thing took four hours. There was probably 20 people there. Apparently that, I mean, I don't really remember that, but that's what they told me. Those rescues tend to involve a lot
0: of people. So yes, I don't doubt it. There were 20. Luckily you weren't in some remote setting and there were a lot of people around and, uh, but even then it was a four hour ordeal.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I look back And if it wasn't for my training, I probably would be dead. I mean, I really do think it's my fitness that saved my life. Yeah. Wouldn't be surprised. Yeah.
0: And so, Tammy, how did you get word of this whole thing happening? (laughs) What was your first intimation that something was wrong?
2: Well, it's really funny because uh, Sean and I have such a great relationship in respecting each other's sports. So whenever I'm out training, or if I'm doing my triathlon, he knows, like, I'm not answering the phone. We are we are fully present. And whenever he's on the mountain, whether he's gone for a few hours, or it could be nine days, I know not to expect a call from him, because I want him to be fully present. Um, he needs to be fully present. Um, as I was a, a climber, if if your mind isn't there, you could... You know, it, you could slip very easily. Yeah. Um, so uh, so I get a call. So I'm a real estate agent. And I'm doing an open house. And I get a call as soon as I'm wrapping things up. And it's Sean's phone number. And I pick it up and I say, what is it? Is it hailing on the mountain? You coming down? What's up? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was my joking response. And it was his climbing partner, Aaron. Um, and Aaron was very... Uh, just kind of monotoned um, and said, Tammy, Sean's had a very bad fall. You need to get here.
0: And where was here?
2: Here was in uh, North Conway in New Hampshire. So I was in Brunswick, Maine at the time. So it would, I would have to uh, gather my things. Now, Sean has fallen. He's fallen before. I know the drill. I go home. I pack an overnight bag. I take care of my daughter, see where she's going to be. I get in the car and I know that he's probably going to go in for surgery the next day because he's, he's broken things before. I know that drill. I had no idea what I was walking into and I had such no idea. I hadn't eaten that day and I had a friend who actually ended up driving me. So that way I could drive his car back. Um, We stopped for ice cream. (laughs) I'm like, I need to eat. Let's get some ice cream. I haven't heard anything. I don't know if he's down off the mountain yet. Um, And I actually, it took me um, three hours to get there in total. And he still had not made it to ER at that point in time. So um, Sean remembers it being four hours to get off the mountain. It actually ended up taking five. or 40 40 different volunteers. on um, the people that came around the mountain, heard about it, and scrambled around the mountain to help out, and uh, so that was really incredible. And whenever he finally got to ER, um, <laughs> I I believe in climbing. I I really do. Um, I used to manage teaching assistants back in Indiana and I take them climbing because they were so wrapped up into finals and stressed out. And I would take them climbing. And as Sean said, everything falls away. I mean, you're risking falling. Everything has to fall away. It is the best meditation to clear your mind. Um, so I believe in that. So as soon as I walked in and I saw how gray he was, um, and there are rocks all over the floor, (laughs) there's just, they, they literally, um, took a knife and and scissors and just tore everything off his body, his backpack and there are rocks everywhere. And, and there's, there is a, there's probably eight people around him, younger paramedics, everyone around him. And because we're in North Conway, I went and asked like, who are climbers? And I would say 75% of them were climbers. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know Sean's fate that night. And I, I didn't even think that he might die because why would you think that? I just I said no matter what happens tonight, you do not let this husband's husband's accident stop you from climbing. I just want everyone to know that, coming from his wife here. Um, and then I asked the doctor, so what's the, what do you see? Um, and they started running through the list of, this. um, and at that time, the injuries, it, it's really, it's really funny. And this is where ignorance is bliss. They said, um, broken neck, broken, broken um, compound, uh, elbow. I mean, his elbow completely blew out. Um, there's blood everywhere from that, um, shattered his pelvis, shattered his sacrum, and the last thing. So in my mind, I'm going through saying, okay, fixable, fixable. Okay, broken neck, that can be fixed. (laughs) Broken back, that can be fixed. We don't know what the outcome is, but that's fixable. Broken elbow, fixable. So I was going through that, and then the last thing that they mentioned was a torn aorta. Mm. Now, in my mind, anytime you say the word torn, it is a muscle And why in the hell are you telling me about a torn muscle whenever we're talking about broken backs, broken bones, ribs, pelvis, and so forth? So I had no idea that an aorta is a pretty critical muscle in your heart that was torn. And he had been bleeding out. Um, So it was a class, Sean, what was that, a class...
1: Class three, I think.
2: Class three tear. So class four is just a complete rip and you're going to bleed out within minutes. He had a class three tear. um, So things were still intact, but barely, and he was still bleeding out though. And this is where I think this comes back to uh, Carolyn uphill athletes is we were trained for (laughs) within our heart rate zone. Like, and if his heart rate was beating faster, he would have bled out. He was minutes huh. from bleeding out. Wow. Um, and literally, uh, if we would not have had, had trained and complained as much as we did to Carolyn, saying, we We're doing the Everest walk up the mountain. Why can't we go faster <laughs> just to stay you in the heart? Done
1: too. <laughs> yeah.
2: I'm like, Sean, I need to sleep slow down because we would have date workouts and that's the other great thing about, um, both having Carolyn as our, uh, as our coach, she would literally put a workout every week for us together, hiking. And I was like, Sean, I've got to slow down. Heart rate's getting too high and and we'd accommodate. So, um, going back to that night, it was, um, so North Conway, they literally put their hands up and said, this is a multi-trauma. We need to fly you. Um, and, What they told me was he's going to be much more comfortable uh, if we helicopter him in to Maine med than to take an ambulance, which made a lot of sense, all the broken bones. Still yet, I had no idea um, what his fate could have been that that day. And um, what they did do was pull aside Aaron, his climbing partner, and my good friend, Carol, and ask them how stable I was because they were trying to get me on the helicopter ride because they did not, they, Sean had a 50, 50 shot to making it to main med. He could have bled out on the helicopter ride. So they pulled over, pulled aside. My two friends asked how stable I was emotionally. And if something were to happen to Sean, would, would the pilot be in danger of me losing it? So um, they reassured him. And so I got the best helicopter ride of my life, the only one so far. but it was amazing. Like Whenever you're, ignorance is bliss because Sean was getting doped up with morphine in the back of the helicopter and I had my headset on, and I was like, Sean, this is amazing. We can see the Saco River. I wish we could see this. Look at Mount Washington. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, and it wasn't until the we landed, the pilot then said, Tammy, I want you to hold his hand. We're coming in. As soon as he's going to be met by four teams, they will separate you if you are not holding on to him.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So we, re- we wheeled in. And once again, I, I turned to every single team member. And I said, his first question, Sean's first question is going to be, am I going to be able to climb again? And, and I told them, your answer is going to be yes <laughs> that is the correct answer your answer is going to be yes he can climb again and so um, sorry this is a little emotional <laughs> um, and then his um, his heart doctor came in and he uh, They started working on him right away and Sean came to and his first question out of his mouth (laughs) was, doctor, am I going to be able to climb again? And he looked Sean square in the eye and he said, my one job tonight is to keep you alive. Hmm. And at that point, we understood what everything meant up to that point. Yeah. So, um, Sean, to me, you know, it it was one of the first times Sean had tears in his eyes. He doesn't cry often (laughs) and Sean's not scared ever. Like he is certainly a rock. Um, and he told me he was scared at that point in time and they were prepping him for surgery right away because they needed to put a stent in his heart, um, in the aorta to save his life. Um, and (laughs) <laughs> me being who I am, I said, Sean, just think positively. Surround yourself by love and white light. And then he turns to me minutes later from him being scared and said, I'm good. I'm good. I'm going to be just fine. I said, Sean, please <laughs> do this one thing for me. Because at that point I knew that might've been the last time I saw him.
0: Could It could be the morphine was talking too. Having had... <laughs> Morphine, on a number of occasions after bad accidents myself, I can tell you that you suddenly feel like, oh, yeah, there's no problem. My leg is not broken. I'm good. I can walk out of here. (laughs) Morphine's an amazing thing. But uh, that's a wonderful story. And, yeah, wow. Uh, It's It's very emotional. Um, And so how long, Sean, were you, or maybe you don't even remember, how long were you, how many surgeries did you have? How
1: long did you end up staying in the hospital? Oh, this I, I do remember. So the, okay, the first, I mean, I remember I remember going in for all the surgeries. I remember going in for the, for the, the my heart surgery. I remember, and then I remember after that, you know, I'm sitting in the, in the, um, was it the intensive care unit or yeah whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And then they're, they're, they're planning my next one. So they were more concerned about my elbow than my pelvis initially because my elbow was a compound fracture. So they're worried about infection and like, all right, well, we're going to, you're going to, we're prepping you for that surgery and you don't know if we're going to be able to do your pelvis at the same time. Like, Oh no, please do my pelvis. Cause that's, that was the worst of everything that happened to me. I mean, obviously the heart, my aorta tear was what almost killed me, but as far as I was concerned, my pelvis was the worst. I mean, I literally could not move myself at all. I was basically stationary in bed. I, if I wanted to just shift a little bit, I couldn't. Um, and so they told me, you know, they're going to try to do both at the same time. And I'm like, no, you have to do both. Because <laughs> I didn't want to have to go through one and then go through a third. And so luckily they were able to do it all at the same time. I don't know how long, that was a long surgery, I'm pretty sure.
2: That started at seven o'clock in the morning. So our daughter, we brought our daughter in to see Sean because they didn't know if the heart stint would stay put. Um, and that was the risk walking into the second day of surgeries. Um, so we rushed her in to see Sean. Um, and then he went into surgery around 7 a.m., and then he did not get out until about 3 p.m. that day. And the only way that they would agree to go into the pelvis surgery is if his heart would stabilize. And once again, I'm going to circle back around. You know, <laughs> heart conditioning was critical on that second day also. So these first two days, our training pulled through for us. Um and that's how we could get through on the, you know, by the end of the second day, we found out that um, he came through successfully and that um, there was some blood clotting in his neck, but there was no neck break, which was a huge, I mean, those were huge wins in that day.
0: Yeah. And. You have a pretty significant amount of hardware in you now, don't you? Including a bolt that runs clear across your pelvis, Sean. Oh,
1: um, yeah, actually, three of them. <laughs> three, three, three bolts that they're they're about I don't know, that big. <laughs> they're big, and then there's a plate. You know, your pelvis is like a a ball. Yeah, and in the bottom there's like a plate that um, that holds it together. That 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 has actually but that is actually, that actually broken now which my my orthopedic surgeon has reassured me that that is normal <laughs> it was a little concerning when i saw the when i saw the x-ray and it was actually that that plate had snapped i mean your pelvis is made to move right and like, and at, in, in, at the bottom I, I don't know how to really explain it but your pelvis is not just a stationary um bone there there is a little bit of movement in there so that's that's broken, and I have some other hardware from other surgeries. So yeah, I have a little bit of hardware. And you have
2: Carol- elbow hardware too. Oh yeah, yeah elbow. I, hardware.
1: Can <laughs> yeah.
0: I can
2: imagine. I can imagine
1: you.
0: You're the bionic man now. And, and so, Carolyn, how did you get wind of this whole thing?
3: Um, well, I don't know if if Tammy remembers. Uh, she she called me after she got word and and I was right by my phone, uh called or text. I should look back on that. Uh as she was driving. And the message I got was that Sean's had a a bad climbing accident. Um I'm not even really sure what to do, how to handle all the pieces. I'm en route. And so from there when I finally reconnected with my phone, I was maybe on a bike rider run. It was a a couple hours. Um, I called her, texted her immediately back. And at that point uh, she had gotten the information. They were at the hospital at the ER and that she ran down the list, texted me the list of injuries. I was like, how are you doing? What's going on? Do we need to talk? And she was kind of in the midst of it. She's like, no, I don't think I need to talk. I'm good. Here's what we're doing. And I have a, 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 in the grand scheme of things, just a little bit of a medical training background in the sense that I was an EMT, wilderness EMT a long time ago. So, of course, enough knowledge clinically beyond training. And another significant piece is my husband is a flight medic. So he is the person that was in the helicopter basically saving Sean's life in transport. So I went down the list and I saw aortic tear. And I was like, oh, no, I didn't say that to Tammy. Uh, I just saw it and said, oh no. And my husband was home. And I said, babe. And he's like, whoo, not good in the sense of, we can say this now that Sean's here, but the likelihood of survival was slim. Uh, so I knew it I was like, okay, we're just going to be pretty rock solid with Tammy. But I was also just kind of at that point in sort of reasonable constant contact. How are you? How's Sean? And then she told me where well, we're being, we're being meta we flight for life kind of thing, and I'm going with them, and that was another indicator to me because of the inside Mm -hmm. knowledge. You know, family members don't go in helicopters. It just doesn't happen. So that was also an indicator of the seriousness of what was happening. Um, I'm really glad that both Tammy and Sean did not know at the time that they protected Mm -hmm. them, like, from that information because that just adds stress and gravity to the situation. So I was... Both uh, Sean and Tammy, of course, were were extremely important to me at that point, and we had a deep friendship, and we're coaching and working together, and so I was um, deeply concerned, and of course, hoping for the best outcome possible, but also kind of understanding what was happening, so trying to keep touch with Tammy and get updates as often as was reasonable and see what was going on, and why? Well, even when he was out of his first surgery, I was like, okay, well, we're hopefully on the road, uh, but we're not out of the woods by any stretch. Um, yeah, so we were back and forth during all of this.
0: And, and Tammy, if I'm not mistaken, you were having your own little medical malfunction, right? Or, or scheduled, you had a scheduled surgery, right? Coming right up. About
2: uh, it, yes. Um, so I had just completed an Olympic triathlon I think in August, I don't know. Carolyn probably knows better than I do, but I, I had, a, I had a few. It was, it was your first
3: I, Olympic and it, it was in August.
2: Right. So I had two sprints before that and then my Olympic and I had had some groin pain for years, but I'd never really taken it seriously. I used to be a marathon runner and um, then switched over to cycling, racing, and then I blew out my knee. Um, so I had I had a long list. Carolyn, it was tough for Carolyn whenever she met me.
3: <laughs>
2: I had a long list of past injuries that I had just dealt with um, up to that point because no one could figure it out. They just really didn't have the technology, I don't think, to really figure it out. Um, and what I have gotten to know about myself this last year is um, I can tolerate a lot more pain than most people um, especially if it's gradual. So pain over time can worsen and we can get used to it very easily. And um, so they had discovered uh, that I had a torn labrum um, and we didn't know exactly how bad because whenever they went in to put do an MRI and put the needle in to put the dye into my the, the joint area, they could not get it in all the way because all of the fraying and the scar tissue, and so that that was close to childbirth, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. um, a lot of deep breathing just to get the needle where it needed to be to diagnose that. Um, so then so surgery was scheduled, and then Sean's accident happened, so everything had to be put on the back burner. Um, and then caregiving, so so the weeks, the days, the weeks after that, you know, Sean stayed in, you know, intensive care for a week, um, and even then the hospitals were full, and he couldn't even sit, you know, upright without completely passing out, um, or close to passing out, and so we did get him to a rehab hospital, which... He stayed in for another few weeks, um, just so that way he could sit in a wheelchair enough to come home. Mm. Um, And that was the biggest thing, is being able to sit in a wheelchair long enough to transport from the car into his hospital bed. Um, And at that point, he did come home. What's that?
1: The hospital bed in the house.
2: Yes, the hospital bed in the house um, because we wanted him home coming, you know, living in the hospital for him. And then our our whole family, you know, me and my daughter and all of our incredible support of friends um, here in Maine. uh, I just want a huge shout out to them. I could not have done it without a huge support. Um, And even the rock climbing gym community, I was blown away by them, too. So getting him home wheelchair bound. Um, and so my caregiving for Sean, you know, lifting him up, um, making sure he showered properly, um, even picking up the wheelchair. Those wheelchairs are very heavy, especially if you have an injury, a hip injury (laughs) and just sitting in a car would hurt me. It was painful. So as soon as Sean could actually get himself to driving Um, I knew I had to schedule the surgery and it was a financial decision too. He had already met our insurance deductible. I had to push in my, (laughs) I had to get my surgery in this year. Um, so, so we had, I went ahead and planned it because I couldn't even sleep at night. Um, I was, um, I was dealing with some traumas. Most people would probably guess I, that was problematic of healing my body also, Um, But whenever you are a spouse and you are a caregiver to someone who's just had an accident, I think it's important to know that trauma does happen. Um, Whenever someone said I I had post-traumatic stress disorder, I'm like, you're freaking joking me. I called Caroline. I'm like, this is ludicrous. This is not the right uh, diagnosis. You know, I just, it didn't make sense to me. I don't live my life in trauma or fear. What I do know is that I couldn't sleep at night because every single fear that I've ever had in my life came to fruition during Sean, the days after Sean's accident. So it literally broke me completely open um, to every single fear that I might have had. And I was having um, what they refer to as night terrors where I couldn't even get back to sleep. So lack of sleep kind of compounded that into, uh, where I just, I couldn't even sleep at night because then at the pain. So once I got treatment for my trauma, um, then it was the pain of my hip was keeping me up at night because whenever you go through that, even on my end of things as the caregiver for Sean, which I want to say was, um, it was probably one of the most loving things I could ever do for my husband. I know that I hear a lot of bad things about caregiving. It was an incredible experience, and um, untraditional or uh, you know unconditional love really does come through. And I we even joke and I'm like Sean, I didn't know I loved you so much. <laughs> and his response back to me was, Yeah, me neither. <laughs> and um, so it was a beautiful it was a beautiful time. Even in the hardness of all of it, it was still a really wonderful experience for, I think Sean and I, and, um, and I do love him very much and still to, you know, and I can't imagine him not climbing and not thinking about that. Um, So then, um, so yes, we ended up, uh, he wanted to return the favor. So he is very goal oriented and made sure that I could get my surgery. Um, So, so his accident was September 8th which completely tore apart his entire body. And he was determined enough to get it back together. So he could at least drive. So I could do my surgery the day after Christmas on the 26th. Amazing. So we wow. started healing. Together. Wow. Cause then I became bedridden for a good four to six weeks after that.
0: So did the, did the roles change? Was he able to, take care of you well enough or was he still struggling with his own condition? And this is kind of amazing to have both of you down and
2: out like this. Well, let's just say our daughter Morgan is an most incredible daughter. I think we could have ever been blessed with because she really stepped it up. She had to grow up really quickly. Um, Sean was there for me (laughs) um, that first night because they had to dump all the fluids in me. I think I had to go to the bathroom every hour, which means they had to unstrap a boot around my ankle so that way I wouldn't fall the tear apart the stitches. And then he had to help me get into the to the restroom. So every hour he had to get up and I could hear him. The I would call him up in his room. Um he would moan and groan and just trying to get up out of the bed. Cause if you can imagine you know, the bolts in his pelvis alone,
1: Yeah.
2: Um, you know, that was three, you know, two and a half months, three months after the surgery and the accident um, just getting up to roll out of bed was, was, I, I can't imagine excruciating, but he can only tell me about that.
0: So was, was for either one, and this, I know this probably is your, I think I know the answer to this question, but, were you, Hammy, every, ever angry at Sean for having had this accident? Because of, you know, obviously because of what it did to him, but also how, how it impacted you, the whole family. Was there a moment, I mean, I, I know you, you obviously love him and that, that, that comes through in spades here, so I'm not considering that, but you can still be angry that something like this happened. Was that a, ever a possibility for you?
2: I am so glad you asked that question. <laughs> Absolutely not, not an inkling, not one little inkling of anger ever. I will tell you what I'm angry at <laughs> being in the climbing community. I'm I'm I get very upset whenever someone asks me, so you're not gonna let him climb again, are you? And there's something that goes to my core of how could you even ask. For me to rip something that makes Sean who he is away from him just because you have a car accident doesn't stop you from why would I ever think that Sean has a climbing accident would he ever stop so I expect full well, well that he's going to climb and I I would actually kick his butt if he didn't try to climb again
1: <laughs> well, what I COVID, I probably would be climbing already <laughs>
2: Yes. He, he did something crazy to me a few weeks ago. He said, so I think on my anniversary of my accidents, I'm going to go climb cathedral ledge again. And I almost flipped because he has not set foot on any climbs yet. Not that I am opposed to him climbing, but don't go face of fear before you put your hands on a rock.
0: <laughs> Understandably. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm all for that. That sounds like a good idea. A little more gradual re-entry into climbing. But so, were those c- comments about you? Just said that people were asking if you if you were going to allow him to climb again. Were they coming from climbers or non-climbers?
2: They are coming from non-climbers of not understanding. Um, I have had, I no, I have had a couple people who have climbed in the past. They don't. They're not climbers now. Mm-hmm. That have asked ask me that same thing, or it's been more in the phrase, not of a question. It's more in the phrase of a statement. Mm -hmm. Hmm, Um, And that's where uh, other people's fears cannot get the best of us. We have to work through our stuff and let them work through their stuff. And we can't take on other people's fears Um, we can only work what's in front of us. And I think that's, that's one of the key lessons I think Sean and I both have learned is we can't, we can't take on and say, Sean's going to be climbing one day. It's a great ideal. And yes, we, we put that out there though. Whenever, whenever you're in the midst of all of this, I mean, it, it, it gets wicked hard. Um, And Carolyn knows this. I've called her time and time again. Um, It gets really hard hearing uh, whenever Sean's getting depressed or he's lack of motivation or he's down on himself. Um, Just to, you know, one day at a time, whenever you're in this, whenever you're in that. I think the same thing goes for training. You can't look at the whole goal. You have to break it down into these pieces that are obtainable, They're sizable. You know, you get to, you know, you, you you can't take them all in. You just get up and you do your workout. That's it. That's all that you can do for the day. And, um, and that's, that's what we had to um, do with Sean is you're going to, they're going to have ups and downs. And as a caregiver, you're going to have ups and downs. And that's why I support is so, incredibly I'm I'm so incredibly grateful because I I don't know at one point I was it was maybe two or three in the morning and I was beside myself and I think I had reached out to Carolyn and I said can someone just reach out to Sean that's a, a great climber and just say you got this all is well someone who's really had an accident and can pull him through a bit because he needs to see on the other side what this looks like.
0: Well, I think that incremental approach that you were just talking about it's a little bit like tackling a big climb. I mean, you have to break it down into individual pitches. If you look at the whole thing, it can be really overwhelming. But if you break it down into individual pitches and then individual movements, all of a sudden, you can actually see some pro you know how you're going to make progress on that and and not become overwhelmed by just looking up at this massive thing and going, "Oh my God, I'm just a tiny little speck here but Carolyn, how How did you, had you been through any situations similar to this? Were you prepared for the role you ended up taking?
3: Uh, Yes, just in the sense of having, one, sustained injuries in my life and understanding from a personal standpoint what it takes to get to the other side of injuries. Certainly nothing as severe as Sean's, but the fact that the the recovery was going to be long and there were going to be a lot of highs and lows. And then he was going to need, he was going to, I knew he's just got all this energy and positive outlook and that fuels you for a while. And then the first phase of darkness comes when you really realize where you are and it's hard and you're not, it's not going as quickly as you'd like and you're unsure of your future. Um, So I'd been through things myself and certainly helped a number of friends along the way. I've been guiding and instructing and coaching and mentoring for 25 years in different capacities. So, um, And it's a role I certainly love to to fill. And um, so all that being said, I was ready and I kind of knew that I just felt that they were both going to need more support than maybe either one of them had ever asked for, because they're both very determined, very hardworking, both in business for themselves. They get it done. Um, Just awesome human beings. But this was big. And so it's like, okay, we're just going to be on board for the discussions with Sean when things started to get hard bringing the perspective in connecting him with you and Steve with conversation talking to Tammy about the fact that she had PTSD and and needed some help and support cuz facing the fact that you almost lost your husband which is not just your husband but your daughter's father and all of that is huge and she really uh resonated with that and was like wow okay got the help and um, honoring the fact that she had a lot to deal with, as did Sean, and that they were going to need support um, so I was happy to step into that role again and was it just was just great to be able to be there for them.
0: What so tell me, what was the What was your initial role mostly just emotional support? Really, I mean, you couldn't do anything physically for either one of them because they're both kind of in bad shape at that point.
2: Can I jump in here? Yeah, because I bet. will tell you what your role is, Carolyn. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you probably said a lot of encouraging words, I think, from the get go, is what's next? Because whenever you're in that kind of traumatic experience, I some there is. Like Carolyn said, Sean and I both have multiple businesses that we run. We usually know what to do. And in this, it is uncharted territory all the way. And Carolyn was my safety to know what the next step was. Mm-hmm. To take care of me, to take care of him, and what it meant to hold our family together, and what it meant to like get my butt out and get on the saddle and go for a ride. And that was one of the most... Mm, monumental rides um that I could have had um just to get my brain cleared Mm
3: -hmm. yeah And, and that's a big piece for for a caregiver or someone who's dealing with taking care of someone or you hear it all the time we don't want it to sound cliche but the you can only care for another if you care of yourself. So there has to be that some degree of, of Tammy needed to take care of Tammy. And the truth is, is for weeks, she wasn't. And we, my role, and that would be normal. I, I would have been in that same situation of just survive, help your husband survive, take care of your daughter, take care of business. But my role really just turned into um, that person who'd seen it, been through it, helped others through it. Be like, okay, I'm going to be reaching out. We did phone calls. We we were no longer in the world of Training Peaks and aerobic specials and stuff. We we're like, we're no. It's like that. That's all but, but that's part of what a coach. As far as in my heart, it that's. I mean, that's the easy stuff. <laughs> it's like, hey, you want me to write a program? Great, but let me deal with the human that's that's applying themselves. And now we had injury we had stress and trauma we had a new path so instead it was reaching out with regular phone calls having those conversations being that person in the relationship that I had developed Sean and Tammy like trust really they can say anything I'm happy to 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 be clear and honest, to provide that support, to tell them both that the emotions they were feeling were 100% normal and okay. And that we would just take that next step. Don't look at, as Scott, you mentioned, don't look so far up the pitches that it becomes daunting. Just like, what are we doing tomorrow? What's our goal next week? And so we all journeyed down that path and you know, as it, as it evolved and getting some recommendations for help and what kind of PT and how much rest and that it's going to be okay. And we're just going to keep this going. And I told Sean, we had a conversation very early on. It's like, he he had mentioned to me that he's like, I'm going to need your support. And I'm like, Oh, you 100% got it every single step of the way. Like I'm not going anywhere. Like you're stuck with me. (laughs) Like, we're going to, we're doing this. So whatever you need, we're going to talk about it and I'll support you. You just reach out and let me know.
0: And it sounds like they did both of them. Yeah. 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 From what I'm, you know, <laughs> yeah. What I had heard and, you know, I, I know I had a couple of conversations with Sean, to you know, just, and I, I know that when I've had a couple, I've had two instances in my life where I've had you know, life threatening accidents climbing and, in a way it's sort of therapeutic to talk about it. And my first call was Sean. He walked me through the accident, you know, step by step. And, um, and he didn't, it didn't seem Sean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but in some way I think that's cathartic. Uh, would you agree with that?
1: Yeah. I mean, I would agree. I mean, I, it, it's, it's nice if I, I still, you know, people still ask me about it and I, it, it does feel good to talk about it. You know, every, every, I mean, it's, 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 it's pretty easy to talk about now. I, I don't, um, honestly, I don't know if it was ever really that hard to talk about. It know, didn't I, seem I, like it that day that it, the first it's, time it's like... weird. It's, you would think it would be, but I don't know. It just, I've just accepted it. You yeah. know, um, I'm a pretty laid back person. Um, I am, I I am very driven, but, but I am, you know, easygoing, you know, not, it takes a lot to like get me riled up. Um, well, if this, so, this didn't get you riled up, I don't know. You're probably not very rileable. <laughs> well, maybe sometimes simpler things get me riled up, but this didn't. Yeah. You know? I mean, I was just like, well, this happens. I'm just going to get through it, you know? And and, and seeing progress was that's really what kept me positive you know um, like i said I, I was in the best shape of my life so i think that that not only saved my life i think it, it 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 also sped up my my recovery i mean the the doctors and the physical therapists they were like shocked at how fast i improved yeah you know that's uh,
0: we we've seen that a lot i mean i know it from my own personal experience and other folks that i've worked with who've had accidents or you know surgeries to repair this or that that the fitter you are the faster you bounce back often to the amazement of your medical professionals <laughs> they're not used to seeing people like that um so that is a great it's a wonderful side benefit of this of our of what we do in making people fit but i also <laughs> think that there's something about the mindset and the discipline of climbers that you get used to dealing with shitty situations and you know, understanding that things probably aren't always going to go the way you planned. And the longer you're in the climbing world, the more of those kind of situations you have to come to grips with. And I think most people who aren't comfortable with with um you know pulling up their big boy pants and just stepping moving forward end up quitting stop climbing because almost everybody i know that's been in this for you know the length of time that people like carolyn and myself and steve have been you know in my case you know (laughs) it's coming on 50 probably around 50 years since i started climbing you see a lot and you see a lot of bad things but i think that it's i've just noticed that people who've been through this a number of times, aren't as unsettled. I mean, it's obviously in a very impactful situation to go through and see accidents and see people get hurt or killed, but you tend to keep your focus and move ahead rather than just, you know, falling apart at the seams. And I think that's also one of the, like Tammy's mentioned, the the climbing community. And I think it's one of the amazing things about our community just looking at your your rescue, all these people who total strangers coming to your rescue. You know, I I think that you know, rescues are a dangerous thing um, because the people who are involved can also be hurt. Um, so it's it's a wonderful aspect of our community that people pull together. And I remember Tammy telling me that your local climbing gym put on some kind of an event for you right after
1: this, right? Yeah. Yeah. Evo, uh, yeah. Go ahead, Sean. The Evo Rock Gym in, in Portland, Maine. Um, that was, was that was just an amazing event. I mean, if that doesn't make you feel good, you're you're not human. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I was there in my wheelchair, and I spoke to people who had. I I, I spoke to someone who fell on that same climb, oh, wow. and and decked. Huh. But he but he. He somehow didn't hurt him. He literally was climbing the like the next week. Huh. I mean, he said he took like an eighty footer and deck, but he was still climbing the I don't know how it was just like so he, you know, we could relate, you know. Um I just wasn't as lucky as he was. No,
0: <laughs> literally not. Um
2: oh, and I do wanna say that um The community is, is incredible at Evo and they really pulled together time. And even after the fundraising event, we were still getting people donating, um, because I think climbers can relate. Um, and the one thing in my experience is, um, I didn't really have any, anyone reaching out to me that was a climbing wife or a climbing partner. I think it's really scary to step foot into that scenario of possibly losing a partner. Um, so if there's anyone out there that needs me, I will be there absolutely. <laughs> I think that is maybe an opportunity to um, for those who have been through the experience, be there for other people. Um, and and looking looking back at this, you know, I I think I can speak for Sean and myself that yes, it was a tragic event. It, it, it was very traumatic and it was one of the hardest years of our lives. And it could potentially be one of the best years of our lives because things like this bring us together. We're happier now than we've ever been. We have trusting, wonderful relationships and um, we support each other more now than we ever have. And so these, these moments don't need to break us. They might break us open. But guess what? We get to recreate them. We get get to recreate what our future is, and and how it's different. And you know, yes, you know, we make jokes all the time. So, does this what it means to, to, you know, be old? Do we need to check in on each other? You know, (laughs) and just um, so you know, hiking. We're we're really, I think we're really in tune, and I think it's um, it's it's really strengthened our our marriage too. I agree.
0: that's certainly a wonderful story of about kind of the that the growth that came through this really tough situation um, yeah I think that that's remarkable and um, you should you guys should be very proud of yourselves not everybody could have pulled that off, but having that kind of attitude that you've had obviously played a huge role in it um, and and you had somebody on the other on that other end of the phone, Carolyn. <laughs> who was, you know, willing to tell you to pull up your big boy pants every now
3: and then. Well, and, you know, I have to circle back that I do believe having helped people, a number of people rehabilitate from significant injuries from spinal cord damage and paralysis to, you know, Sean nearly dying and just kind of being there, whether in person or here, more phone, that you hear this, saying a lot attitude is everything but there's a lot to be said for that and Sean and Tammy have amazing attitudes in the sense of just being staying positive and I I want to put this in a perspective of not a hundred percent of the time that's not humanly possible to just be happy positive happy positive but their general global output is supporting each other and looking for the silver linings and appreciating the support and, and the, the power that they give to the words they're articulating is, is that, is that of I'm going to take the next step and we're here and we're so fortunate because we're so fortunate because, and, and having that kind of energy, I mean, that's within your body, that helps you heal, that brings, you know, the silver lining of the positive through all this. And Every now and again, we all go to that little dark place. and We have a major, major trauma. and We have to recover. And that's where our friends and family are key. And I'll, two things that Chris said to Sean was, you know, pull your big boy pants up. That was before the accident. Yeah. After the accident, he'd have a yeah. hard time. And we'd talk through things and set him up for success. And I would say, hey, Sean, you're not dead. And he'd laugh. And, mm-hmm. but like, and that was literally, I mean, we can say that now but he nearly died. So I'm like, well, I know this is hard, but Hey, you're not dead. And he's like, you're right. Okay. I'll, I'll start journeying on again, CP. We'll get this done. And it's true. And so life is so much about perspective. And I think I know for me and I know for Scott, that gives us more and more ability as coaches, um, is our life perspective and journey. And we're able to help others um, because of all what we've seen and done and been through and, and helped. And we're happy to, to, to be there. Uh, and it's a, it's a pleasure to help and support. People like Tammy and Sean. It's awesome.
0: Yeah, well, it's it's a wonderful thing to to have. I mean, I've been pulled into this very you know peripherally, but it's been a, um, an eye opening experience for me as well. And before we wrap up today, um, Tammy and Sean, do you have any like things you haven't been, haven't said yet today that I things I haven't prompted you for that you'd like to say, or have I emptied if I ask everything that that we needed to ask. I ran eight miles the other day. Holy cow.
1: Wow. <laughs> I did. And a thousand vert too, which it's hard that's, to find vertical around here. It doesn't sound like a lot, but that felt like a lot. That's <laughs> huge.
0: Congratulations. Uh, yeah, thanks. Yeah. That's wow.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, I'm I'm on the mend. I mean, trust me, I still get up in the morning. I'm like, oh, yeah. And, it, and that may be the rest of my life. I've come to realize that or accept that. You know, I may have, you know, I may have pain down in my pelvis the rest of my life, but it's, it's manageable, you know? So if anything, I want to, if if anyone's watching, I want this to be an inspiration that, you know, if you have a bad accident, you know, your life's, and you, and you, you live and you, your life's not over, you know, you can, um, you can come back from it. Definitely possible. Thank you. I'm
0: here. Thanks. Yeah, you're living proof. Thank you.
1: Yep.
0: <laughs> and Tammy, you're muted.
2: Thank you. Yeah, I want to circle back around to uphill athlete, and um, Carolyn is, I would say, by far the best coach I've ever had. Um, I, I think there, <laughs> and I think there is something to be said for couples coaching in the way of both of us having the same coach. Um, I never would have thought that. Um, and I, I don't, I wouldn't change it. it. it It's really beneficial to both of us. If you, if you are in, if you have a coach, if you can't get a coach, not everyone can get her because we're going to have her forevermore.
0: We won't share her.
2: <laughs> we're not going <laughs> to, we will share her to a certain point. Um, because we know that something will happen again and that's life. That's the way life happens. And, um, Uh, kudos for her to really helping us out through those uh, long duration because this was a long one Um, and we hope to be back out there next year full force again Um, we have I have one more injury I need to get through Um, other than that I I believe that Sean is going to be climbing next year I believe I'm going to be starting to climb again Mm -hmm. soon and I'm going to be running another triathlon so I think it's uh Look for us out there, and we might not be the fastest ones out there, but we will be out there.
1: I'm ice climbing this winter, by the way, not not, not next year, this this, year, this winter.
2: Okay, well, thanks for informing about that one, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You have oh, been, oh, by the way.
0: <laughs> you have been officially notified now. Well, I have, yes. no, I have no doubt that the two of you will continue to prosper, and and I'm sure you'll be Doing all those things you love, given your attitudes and what you've been able to pull together so far. And, uh, I want to thank all three of you for making the time and, and being willing to share such a heartwarming and traumatic story. I mean, a, a very tough thing to, to, uh, to have gone through. But, um, thanks very much. And, um, you know, I, I hope we don't have to do any more of these. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, hope, I hope we've fulfilled our role of in providing inspiration this way, because it's a pretty darn uh, tough way to earn that inspiration. But thanks again, everybody. I really appreciate it. And uh, we'll see you guys, the, all the listeners of the next episode we do. Thanks. Bye-bye.
3: Thanks again. Thanks.
0: Thanks for joining us today. For more information about what we do, please go to our website, uphillathlete.com.